NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, Warner goes past Bradman in the most disrespectful act since the iPhone 11 usurped the iPhone X. But how good a 335 not out was it if Yassir Shah also scored 100? Joe Root is back in the runs in New Zealand, but how good a 100 was it if Tom Latham also scored 100? Brian Lara was on the show two weeks ago, but how big a get was it if this week we have Richard Chiqui on the show? Because we do, and he's live in studio. This is all thanks to Budgie Smuggler. Christmas is coming, and our friends at Budgie Smuggler have you covered. Smugglers, towels, bum bags, flap hats, bucket hats, socks, kids' rashies, underwear. When mum or your love interests ask, what do you want for Christmas? You tell her to go to budgiesmuggler.com and to go nuts. Use the code CHAMP for free shipping. One website to sort out every member of your family this Christmas. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined by Dave Edwards. To my left, and Sam Perry. To my right, boys, where were you? When Dave Warner went past Sir Donald Bradman? Uh, I think I was in the private school area of Adelaide Oval <laughs> having a, a, some beer or other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I was at Bondi Junction Westfield with my family. Yep. Um, just trying to do some early Christmas shopping. Yeah. Why'd yeah. you go to Bondi Junction? Yeah. Uh, You've got to change things up because we've <laughs> done everything else and it's the weekend and we had no plans. We're like, how are you going to amuse a two-year-old? Yeah. Let's just go to another Westfield. Doesn't the parking stress you out at a new Westfield? Greatly. <laughs> Greatly so. <laughs> and that's why we're pleased to thank our news. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are sponsors later. Uh, um, okay, we're going to start the show a little bit differently, boys. So we do have Ask TGC a little bit later on, but um, but this one particularly caught my eye. And I thought, let's uh, let's mix it up. Let's let's, let's read it out. Let's yeah. just read it out. So right. I'll, I'll, if you indulge me so much, uh, please. This comes in from Spinkster eighty nine. Says, dear TGC, an odd question, but one I need your help with. Yesterday at my game, before I went out to bat, I saw my ex girlfriend arrive at the ground, and instead of just walking through a remote suburban park in Sydney, she stopped, got a picnic blanket out and sat down ready to watch the Supreme Heights, which is Sydney third grade cricket. Must be mentioned, we broke up on bad terms with her cheating on me and mm. telling me she needs time for herself and to refigure who she was uh, before getting into a relationship with another guy two weeks later. Old feelings came rushing back. Has she come to watch me? If I score a match-deciding 100 against our biggest rivals, will she come rushing back, realising the mistake she's made? Upon arrival to the crease, the captain, a complete alpha with a tidy rig and glorious salad and, oh my, a fine-looking specimen, said, here we go, champ. 
Scared to say anything back due to the beta male personality, I stayed quiet. I got off to a decent start, looking over idly whenever I hit a boundary, hoping she was clapping. She was not. And then the captain piped up to the young prodigy standing second slip. You know this guy cried at his brother's wedding and made a fool out of himself during the best man speech? Real Michael Scott-like, to a roar of laughter. That's when I realised that my ex's new boyfriend was a skipper of the opposition. I got to 40-odd, 33, when his constant sledging, what was more like bringing up moments from the last few years with, that my ex obviously told him, made me get into a, an erratic, nervous sweat. He came on to bowl and I thought, I'm going to park this fucker onto Spit Road. Mm-hmm. And I walked at him and left it on middle. The chorus of yous and laughter as he made a fool out of me with his send-off being, guess it's ice cream in the office tonight, champ. You! My post-match ritual for a shit dismissal. My question is, what should I say to him when he comes out to bat next week? Should I champ him back? Or should I just be the, be- uh, the better human and say nothing? Cry myself to sleep after going on the circuit and striking out with every woman I lay my eyes on. Your help would be much appreciated. Okay. Well, thanks for the question, Sphinxter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sphinxter. Uh, Sphinxter 89. Sphinxter 89. Yep. Uh, not his real name. Well, a lot going on here. Uh, a little, yeah, too a little, much of anything. Yeah. yeah, too much going on. Difficult to know where to start. Uh, I have a few points though. Um, like, just technically speaking, like walking at a bowler then leaving it on middle, strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he jazz Ahmed style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but obviously his head's all over the place, as it would be, because yeah. that would be quite a sort of um, strange experience. Yep. Uh, disappointed he's watching the American Office with references to Michael mm-hmm. Scott. Still, still a good show, um, but yeah, you know it's not Ricky. And um, <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like he absolutely has to say something back. He must say something back this week. This yeah. this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a horrific situation that he was in. It sounds like it could have been worse. You know, if the stuff you share with your your partner is anything to go by, really. But like. What he can say back, like the problem he's got is he doesn't have the same information that the glorious alpha salad fucking guy mm-hmm. has, right, yeah. on him. Although there is something really fucking losery about that guy, like <laughs> revealing stuff to, to teammates. Mm. That's a thing. Like I find it strange that this guy's actually procured all this information mm-hmm. about him and he's asked his new girlfriend questions about it previous mm. partner because mm. that kind of indicates that he's mm. relatively open-minded and secure in himself, mm. which is something I've never encountered <laughs> in grade cricket about men. Yeah. <laughs> That's a new age. You don't want to know anything about previous relationships. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they must have known too. I mean, for the 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 ex partner, the, the woman to come to the game and lay out the pl- picnic yeah. blanket yeah. means that she knew who they so were playing against. She's in cahoots with she's the a, new boyfriend. She's in cahoots. Absolute cahoots. But I'm thinking, like, he has to say something back because he has been <laughs> completely stitched up mm-hmm. yeah, um, stitch by up. by these two. And like, in the absence of any information, what he can say, I think, is if she's a, she's a cheater. Yeah. Right. Mm. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, as we've heard before. But once you're a cheater. You're probably always a cheater, as we know. Yeah. And he might be able to say, like, mm. might be able to walk past, you know, mid-wicket or something and go, where is she? Mm. She's not there. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. While he's hitting one just through covers or something like that. Yeah, just seeds of doubt. Yeah, yeah. seeds of doubt. She's mean, probably do it to you too, mate. Mm. And by the way, he's clearly dodged a bullet getting out of this relationship because, mm. and maybe that's what he should communicate mm. to him next, next mm. week. Yeah. Just, perhaps he should make comments about her. To the best batter, maybe not. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely speaking. You're figuring this out in real time. Yeah, real time. Yeah, that's all right. right. There's not many who listen to this show. No. So. Well, speaking of once a cheater, always a cheater. Dave Warner's three thirty-five. Nice. Not out. What an innings that was. Mm. Should he still be batting? I don't know. We'll discuss that later. Mm. But uh, I mean, the, the match is still going on, which is yeah. surprising after day two when Australia had him six for ninety, about five hundred and eighty million runs behind Australia's first innings total. <laughs> Um, so the game is is still uh, it's uh, fair to say Australia's going to win the game. Mm. Dave Warner's three thirty five. For some reason, it's 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 
it's controversial yeah. for some reason. It's controversial oh, 335. It's controversial because there's no end to the caveats yeah. that we can create here. You know, flat road, easiest deck in the exactly. world to bat on, <laughs> caught on a no ball, shit young attack, full of teens, yeah. home runs don't count, pink ball doesn't do anything. Yeah. Pakistan literally kicking balls over the boundary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and like, uh, <laughs> like if, if Smith or Labuschagne hits that knock, yeah. Mm. They're geniuses. Yeah, but the difference is, like with Warner, it's like good not shit bloke though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, and, and that's a sign that Australian cricket's actually in a really safe place when we can start getting really entitled about oh. triple tons again. Like, I want to cricket talk Australia about should that. be really pleased. Like we talk this. about how safe we've felt recently, but is yeah. there? Can you feel too safe? Like I feel like I'm now too yeah too safe. A false sense of security, if you mm. will. Like you need a small element of anxiety in competition in cricket. Mm. It keeps things interesting. Mm. What will the result be? Mm. I just feel too sad. I feel like yeah. I live in the upper north shore of Sydney. Mm. I feel like I live in Taramurra. Yeah, I don't right. want to live in Taramurra. I want to live in Marrickville where there's you know, a bit of edge. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like I think we're jumping the gun of mm. wanting to feel safe, like, mm. which is why all, all, all the side mouth comments are happening. Oh, pretty flat though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what's he like as a bloke though? Oh, you know. <laughs> But Hayden's Hayden's knock against Sean Irvine was much tougher. But you know, we yeah. want we want enthralling cricket, but we also want to dominate. And those two mm. things are mutually exclusive. We can't have both of those things at the same time. Mm. So it's it's been brought to many people's attention that Warner's three thirty five is now the highest test score by any Australian in the history of cricket against a side that is still playing test cricket. So yes. Hayden got three hundred and eighty at the Wacker against the Maish of Zimbabwe, yes. right? Uh, which is no longer a cricketing nation, well, test mm. nation anyway. Yes. Um, barely a political nation. <laughs> um, Controversial. The garbage's uh, gone though. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. So, like, I mean, this is uh, unbelievably rare. But mm. all the, I was kind of thinking actually, just to shift slightly, Warner's year as a whole. Yeah. He was basically the leading run scorer in the World Cup. He's come home and hit a billion runs. He's actually had an amazing 2019. It's wow. just the Ashes. Yeah. Where it's just like oh, he sucked in the Ashes. Yeah. And that is actually just ruining his reputational for all. I mean, he's had a great year. But it, it is kind of like, uh, you know, and this is going back a little while, but it is like the HSC. I'm sure schools like that as well. Like certain subjects have different weighting, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, Warner's War, War, War got 95 here in fucking PE. Yeah. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but, but in, in in four unit maths uh, in the Ashes, yeah. he, he failed dismally. Yeah, yeah. And so like his UAI is still low yeah. at the moment or lower. Yeah. So like, like everything does have different weighting. Mm-hmm. I, I do like, yeah, I, I've, what I struggle with are the people who come out and think that there is some mental block for him around like scoring runs at home, but not doing it away when it's tough. Like it really is just a function of how his game is set up. It's just beautifully set up for Australian conditions as it would be because he's grown up in them. You know, it's more a case of praising batsmen who can do it away from home. I think rather than like really getting stuck into some kind of mental flaw in Warner. I think Mitchell Stark, you could say much the same thing about both of them have been the dominant players in this Australian series. And both were probably, you know, the, the people who dragged the chain at the ashes in different ways. So, you know, I do think it's a sim like it, it probably is as simple as that. And it's just a case of going, well, that's a really good knock. Congratulations. Well done. It's probably a thing as well of like maybe celebrating Stuart Broad a bit because yeah. some of the balls that were getting worn out like yeah. around the wicket, fucking hooping everywhere. Yeah. It jukes. wasn't obvious how he was meant to play those balls. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was getting behind it, mate. Yeah. But also, like, how in was he that, like, when he got to about 130, 140, people were saying he could get the record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that doesn't happen in any, yeah. any other conditions. Yeah. Like, when you're on 300. 130 mm. rounds. Do you remember during the World Cup, like when Warner was getting like, he's got like 300, so he's like a bit slow. Mm. Yeah. He's batting, why is he batting slowly? Mm. Literally, he can't win anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. you make one mistake in the Australian cricket team, yeah. or in his case, 50. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you see this in other countries as well. Like Rohit Sharma smashes him in India. doesn't really do that mm-hmm. anywhere else. I mean, it does happen in other countries, but it is interesting with, with Warren in particular. Like well, we all like home comforts. Yeah, home mm. comforts. I always feel happier when I'm at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when you go to Bondi Westfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it actually conversely makes me like Steve Smith more that he doesn't score runs here. Yeah, when it doesn't it, like, do it just here. Me, I'll, just, I'll just do it when we need him. Mm. Well, you know? I'm much better in business meetings when I'm operating out of my own house. But when mm. I go on the road, when mm. I go interstate or overseas, mm. my business meetings are much worse. Mm. Mm. Much worse. So you're more of a Warner type businessman. Well, like I'm always yeah. like grappling for the right HDMI cable. It's a different mm. setup. Might need like an international adapter, which oh, I yeah. usually forget. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes I'm speaking in the wrong language. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve Smith failed again. That's the second big takeaway from the Adelaide Test. Yeah, Does he play crisis. in Perth? Oh, well, big question. I mean, Ricky Ponty's called for Cameron Green to come in. That's a good point. 100, so yeah, yep. Smith's got to be looking over his shoulder, I'd imagine. Love Shane hit 160. Um, this mm. is incredible. Like, yeah. What's happening with Marnus is just unbelievable. Yeah. And like, you talk about good looking runs. Marnus's runs are good looking yeah. runs. Stylist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two daddies. In two a row. daddies in a yeah. row. They're just so neatly and efficiently compiled, <laughs> aren't they? His runs. Mm. Just, ha- just, and they're just the, way the runs that he gets we need. his runs. Mm. Yeah. And now, he, and now he bowls handy leg spin. Right. Very handy. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Stark back in the wickets. Six for in the first innings. Eyebrows rose. Swing mm. again. Hello. Mm. Warner Warner back in the runs. Yeah. Stark taking wickets. It's 2017 again. Yeah. Hello. Are we destined for a fall? Yeah. <laughs> so cynical, isn't it? <laughs> Saying that as well, like if, you know, it's just a reflection on us yeah. and, and like and others. But you see a no ball from someone in Pakistan yeah. and you're like oh so there's eye, those wide eye emojis being yeah. sent around WhatsApp groups yeah. Cummins does one I just pull it back mate yeah. all good <laughs> yeah. no problem oh he literally bowls no ball not a no ball yeah. nah I can see something behind the line there yeah. um, Pakistan picked um, Muhammad Abbas who was, it was people were crying out for him at the Gabba why doesn't Abbas play yeah. right. you can't play Shah you can't play the 16 year old three balls into the, <laughs> three balls into uh, Abbas's first over when Warner's walked at him and mm. it's like oh yeah he's injured yeah. He's injured the whole time. That's why he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. I understand now. So again, just caveating Warner's three thirty-five yeah. injured attack. Oh, that um, just—he just looks so third grade. Yeah. Bass. I know uh, he's taken a lot of wickets. I know he fucking killed us in the UAE yeah. or whatever. He's yeah. fucking third grade. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I don't know how he's taken wickets. Yeah. Honestly, at times it just felt like we've been playing against a rep team mm. out there. <laughs> well, the like pa- Pakistan went to full fifth grade level yeah. uh, on day mm. two and three. A- even from day one, really, when after ten overs, like the keeper was up to a bus. Yeah. Like, like it, it was just like, wow, is this this is, this is going to get? And then, as you said, you know, they're going to start kicking balls over the rope and stuff mm. like that. Mm. And so. the body language as well, like that is really the most grade cricket thing about Pakistan. Like mm. heads are down, shoulders are just slumped, mm. sloppy fielding, fucking no balls. Mm. Like, if you ever go to a test and watch the Australians in the field, like they are mm. like meerkats. Mm. Yes, they're just backs erect on mm. their toes, darting around looking for any indication from the captain to yeah. move five meters to their left. The alertness. Yeah. It's unbelievably professional. Yeah, like mm. Pakistan's body language is exacerbated by the news stories of like Australian fitness, like led by David Warner. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, part of the charm of his triple century was just how quick he was between the wickets. Mate, that's he, a real, he covered that's a, a half marathon, yeah. I heard. That's right. And, you I know, love those little tidbits. Isn't he, isn't he fit now? He's he used to be fit. a couch lizard. Uh, according to Pete Lawler. Couch potato. Who was? Just eating potato chips on the couch. But Candace <laughs> got him off the couch and now right. he's fast and fit and fighting and it's well, Australia's the 90s again. Watching Muhammad Abbas ball made me think that Chad Sayers would have played 120 tests for Pakistan. But then thinking <laughs> about like Abbas like when he was bowling the UAE to Finch he was just blowing up Finch's front pad. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, his Shah scored 100. That's probably one of the it's probably one of the <laughs> it's probably one of the highlights of the test match. This is most like it's yeah, something yeah. like 
Pez, you and I were talking the other day and like when Australia is crushing it uh, and like, you know, we, we like give the opposition, a, you know, a crumb. We give them a tidbit. It's like, oh, it's nice. That's nice, isn't it? That's that's when you know that you're really on top when you start like feeling really happy for some like mild success yeah. from yeah. some someone that's not going to actually influence the game. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like uh, they were showing other number eights had scored hundreds and like Matt Pryor scored one at number eight for mm. England. There was there, oh, there would have been absolutely no sympathy from anyone in Australia <laughs> when he brought up that hundred. But uh, like when Yazir's shot just lobbed over Cummins, yeah. you know there was relief and, and yeah. like you know uh, hearty celebrations around the crowd, yeah. basically because there was no threat yeah. to Australia's. <laughs> Like ultra dominance. They were 390 runs behind when that happened. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. You know, it was a cute hundred. It was a very cute hundred, wasn't yeah. it? Um, I loved how he did the leap as well. Yeah. The Warner. Yeah, the Warner leap. leap. Yeah. We're Slightly just... less athletic. Slightly less athletic. Yeah. yeah. Slightly less. We just would have seen it so many times over the preceding yeah. day and a half that he just assumed the properties of the leap. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like when you like, yeah. you know, you're living in London as an Australian yeah. for like three weeks, you get that kind of faux affectation on your yeah. accent. You start kind of speaking <laughs> yeah. like a pom. <laughs> uh, Daylight cricket at yep. the Adelaide where you came. Came for it. Work well this time. Oh yeah, I, I think I think it's good. We were saying the other day, like um, watching someone walk into a Pakistani player walk into bat. Maybe um, uh, wasn't maybe maybe it was Baba as mm. well, or someone after that actually. Mm. Maybe Asad Shafiq. Mm-hmm. He walked in. It was like day night. Like the lights were fully on. It was a bit overcast at Adelaide Oval. There was, and as he walked on, like the um, the like camera that's on a fucking that's mount like you know like the mars rover camera yeah, was in yeah, front yeah. of him like fucking rolling around him yeah. there was a spider cam yeah. sliding down as he was walking in <laughs> all of these trans are in their vests mitchell stark had a pink ball bowling at 150 k's yeah. yeah. and like all we ever do in australia is talk about like gee it's hard to play over in pakistan like how fucking foreign would that have been you know what i mean pissed racist blokes out in the crowd at night Anyway, he it's got like one absolutely of those, like, destroyed by yeah, Stark and was yeah. off a couple of balls later. Yeah. It's like one of those like Boston Dynamics videos. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start pushing him over and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, just quickly, because another test is happening across the ditch. New Zealand and England, second test there. Uh, New Zealand hit 375. The test is happening actually right now. Tom Latham scored 100. Joe Root back in the runs. Uh, overnight, they were five for 270. Or se- uh, 270 for five. Uh, depending on what side of the uh, the continent you're from. Uh, Rory Burns hit 101. Joe Root was on 114. He's pushed on since then because they're playing right now. Um, Joe Root, uh, any any commentary on Joe Root? Is it, are we pleased to see Joe Root back in the runs? That means he's captain again for longer. I like Root. Sorry, I like Root so as well. I really like him. I think he's a really yeah. good player. Uh, I, I have fewer views on him as a skipper. Mm. Uh, but it's good to see him. I think we mentioned this last week, but you know, someone of his ilk should be winning matches for England with with his innings, and he's he's always promised a lot. Mm. Obviously, still got a number of hundreds mm. for his country, but mm. yeah, it, I, I like seeing him succeed. He seems like a pretty good bloke, mm. so you know, Dave, and he's not threatened us uh, for a while, so yeah. Well, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, 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 he fouled in the ashes, and good for him. Um, Dave, how pleased were you to see Rory Burns score more runs than um, our Burns opening the batting? Oh, so this is the one where there were two Burns two opening Burns. the batting simultaneously. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. on either side of the Tasman. I, I mean, I was really, I was really pleased to see one of them get some runs. <laughs> I'm always yep. pleased to see Burns get runs. Yeah, package deal. Uh, and 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 Latham as well. He batted well. Actually, yeah. caught a bit of his innings. Um, just they just kept bowling on his fucking pads and he just kept putting them away. He's actually scored heaps of runs this year, Latham. Mm. I was being facetious at the top of the show, like how you know how good could Roots hundred be? But like Latham's actually scored heaps of runs this year, top of the order. So you know, get him on the wagon. He's a short, mm. nuggety left-handed batsman, yeah. and you know you need them as we've seen in our test. He's a bit, our test. He's a bit Caddich-like, actually. Mm. Sort of crabby across the crease. Yeah, flicky to the leg side. Mm. Get him, get him on the wagon. That pink ball will sort him out. 
Absolutely. Why are you looking at me with side eyes and um, side <laughs> eyes, sports smile, and side mouth? Yeah. <laughs> You're talking like there's flies everywhere. Oh, you don't want them to get in your mouth. You've got vertigo. Your body's mm. angling at 45 degrees towards. <laughs> how, you, how you manage that? All right, Richard Cheekway is about to come to the studio, so we better set up. Uh, and then after that, hashtag ICDC. Okay, boys, something a little bit different uh, at the top of the show here. We are going to conduct a debate. We're calling it the mini debate for KO minis. Uh, KO minis give you every catch, every six, and every wicket from entire match or a day's play in under half an hour. We're going to be talking about whether Tim Payne should have declared when he did with David Warner on 335 not out. Now, who's on the affirmative, who's on the negative? Dave, you're going to say, as far as I understand, that Bradman should have been on it. The floor is yours. Well, thanks, Pez. Thanks, he goes. I mean, it's a tough position for Tim Payne, isn't it? I mean, does he do the time-honoured thing and declare with Warner on 334, make sure he gets that 334 as a homage to Bradman? Or does he try and allow him to set a new record, continue to advance and innovate as a society, which is important? I think we're always kind of looking back at what Mark Taylor did, as we yeah, always do. It was the late 90s. You've sure. got to consider that as a precedent. I mean, he started all this. His declaration on 334 was done at the height of Bradmania. Mm-hmm. So Bradman was still alive. Um, John Howard was in power. Mm. It was a relative period of global stability, of mm. course. Mm. Um, now of course. we're in 2019, of course, Trump, Brexit, uh, the existential threat of global warming. I think terror-level threats in all major cities are at least um, substantial. So we're also in the era of cancel culture, sure. aren't we? And uh, you know, since his death, Bradman's obviously been exposed as a selfish loner mm. who um, acquired runs with relentless intensity. Mm. But I think that in this troubling period of... Uh, world history. We need Bradman now more than ever. Mm-hmm. And we need symbols more than ever. And yeah, he's, o- he's already got his own museum. He's got thousands of shrines. Uh, you know, there are stands within Australian stadia that represent his name. Um, but we need to preserve and protect history. And that's why Payne should have got a runner out, should have told Dave Warner, 334, we're fucking doing it. Mm. This is it. And also communicate to Dave Warner all the geopolitical context that I mentioned just then. Of course. Um, While they're just at the crease before he had to face up. Yeah, exactly. Course, yeah. Comparing Bratton, uh, mm. Bradman era with today's era and, mm. and, and all the everything comes with that. Mm. So, I mean, sure. That, that, that is what I think. I think Bradman mm. should be honoured at all times and all costs. Mm. So, just to summarise, what you're saying is that Tim Payne should have made David Warner declare on 334 because, mm. uh, you know, we need Bradman now in our society more than ever yes. um, because of the various geopolitical contexts that, uh, and issues that you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you look at Bradman's 334, I mean, that's probably 600 runs in today's uh, economy point. if you account mm. for CPI increases. Good point. Mm. Okay, here goes. Uh, you're taking the view that actually Warner should have been allowed to continue on. Oh, in, in the perfect world, we, Warner would still be batting. Yes. For mine. We've already, we're one nil up in the series. Why do we need to win the second game? Mm. He, should mm. still, he should bat till Sunday late evening. Yeah. That's right. Um, I like this storyline because Warner was cancelled for a bit and we forget that. Yeah. But now he's cancelling Bradman. He should have cancelled Bradman. Well, he did. Mm-hmm. He passed his 299 in Adelaide, passed his 334, yeah. still be batting. Should have passed Brian Lara, who was at the ground, as, yeah. we, as we said. Um, so, I mean, David should still be batting. Get 700. Yeah. What's like, why why stop at 335, you're why, saying? Yeah, why stop at 335? It's a tease. He teased he teased Bradman with his three thirty four. And, and just noting in the press box, he goes that like a lot of the stats fiends mm-hmm. in there were absolutely ropeable that mm-hmm. they weren't there to witness history. Ropeable. Uh, people were telling us that the captain was a disgrace mm-hmm. for um, allowing David Warner to merely score three hundred and thirty five not out mm-hmm. um, because they just wanted to rock and roll at, mm-hmm. at Pakistan in the <laughs> night. Uh, we could have been there to witness history right in front of Lara. And you're basically saying, if I could summarise, that yeah. uh, life really should just be 
people cancelling others. Yes. You get cancelled, but then the only way you sort of re yeah. sort of instate your relevance is to cancel somebody else. Yes, correct. So when mm. Alex Carey's in the side in six months when he's captain of Australia and he's mm. going to open the batting and when he gets 336, we'll think that was a great day. Mm. What a great day out at the Adelaide mm. Oval. That's the mini debate for KO Minis. KO Minis give you every catch, every six and every wicket from an entire match or a day's play in under half an hour. Today's Great Cricketer podcast is brought to you with thanks to Blinkist. Blinkist is an app that allows you to get the key ideas from best-selling non-fiction books from experts in the form of bite-sized text and audio. All the key ideas in 15 minutes or less from award-winning titles by experts who have conferred with the author. It's the perfect time saver for those that want to read more but don't have the time and you consume all of it on the go from wherever you are. The topics in their library include sex and relationships, religion, parenting, science, motivation and inspiration. You can explore the library that's already over 3,000 titles strong with 40 new titles added every month. There's already 12 million people worldwide using Blinkist, which you can find on the App Store or wherever else you get your apps. And Blinkist have got an exclusive deal for you guys and girls out there listening to the Great Cricketer podcast. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash cricket. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T forward slash cricket to start a seven-day free trial. So go and check it out. That's Blinkist.com forward slash cricket or go and find it in the App Store. Okay, boys, you can hear Mariah Carey all through hotels, motels, uh, malls, your own house, your own Spotify playlist, etc. because it's December and it's Christmas. That's and right. frankly, I still like the song and I'm happy to say it. Um, I don't know what that says about me. But anyway, um, with that in mind, we have to start thinking about you know, what to get people for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's, it's often a political affair. Uh, what do you get family members and colleagues for Christmas. And can you maybe just describe some of the thinking that goes in behind that? Um, matching stuff. I mean, like, uh, just just like just matching kit generally. Like, we, we speak uh, a lot about the value of matching kit, looking good mm. at all times. Uh, look at the North Korean army. They look fucking good. <laughs> yeah, Everything's yeah. perfectly in sync. Synchronised. Belts are shined. Yeah. I mean, forget the politics. Yep. Aesthetics, they look very good. I'm thinking like in the backyard as well, just on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, a lot of like that's when backyard cricket in Australia is like particularly at its that's when it's at its absolute mm. peak. Mm. If you want to pick sides, matching kit is good t shirts, yep. hats, socks, smugglers. Smugglers for sure. Matching. I mean, I think if you're having a Christmas lunch with the whole family, you could do worse than to get 22 pairs of mm-hmm. ODI themed smugglers and just hand them out. Mm-hmm. Grandma, granddad, mm-hmm. Uncle Roger. You got 22 people coming for Christmas. No, I don't. Yeah. But if you were to, okay. if you were to have an extended family extended Christmas, family. we like to keep things relatively nuclear at our household. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but everyone, get everyone the smugglers. Your sister's new boyfriend. You don't know much about him. They've been dating for three weeks. He's been mm. invited to Christmas. Get him in a pair of one day, one day smugglers. Be see cool. what he's got. What's the What's the amount of time that you can be with someone and then invited to Christmas lunch? I reckon it's three it's, weeks is too soon. No, certainly. I would I would say at least three or four months, and yeah. then it has to be kind of a serious three to four. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, two months to me feels too new. Yeah. But the, like, if you want to, yes, extend an olive branch, budgies would be the way to do that. I would have thought so. <laughs> yeah, it's comforting. Oh, it's clean. 
The, the other thing with budget smuggler is like if you go into the website and, and you want to take the philosophy of just matching with everyone, if you just want to brand up your Christmas, you know, mm. for everybody, just go in and type donuts. That's what you into should budget do. smuggler. There's a whole mm. range of mm. stuff that you can just get and you just can do it in one hit. You know, back in the day when you would just like acquire like you like those that set of gloves, you like those pads, you like that stick. Yeah, matching now, kit. Now it has to be all the same. Yeah. Now you, like you can't like a kookaburra bat and then have granite. Absolutely, gloves. it looks fucking weird. But this is part of the corporate philosophy of just joined mm. up strategies. You got to yeah. ladder up everything. Everything has to be joined yeah. up it has to all fucking work for something you know something greater you know one plus one plus one equals five they used to say in corporate yeah. australia which is not true but you know, you know, apple ruined everything i think you know everything needs to be interoperable with their os it's just fucked everything up <laughs> uh, okay uh well you know so with that in mind mm. budgiesmuggler.com.au mm. okay Eyeballing us in the studio today <laughs> is one of the great cult heroes of a great cult era. State cricket, grade cricket, shires mm. cricket, overseas pro cricket, and aria charting cult frontman, Richard Cheekway. Uh, Cheeks, it's enormous pleasure to welcome you to the Great Cricketer Podcast. Oh, wow. I was really wondering how you're going to introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Brian Lara got about four and a half minutes worth of his... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take that. Thank you very much. And the best dressed guest, I should say, that's yeah. ever come into the studio. You're wearing mm. a pinstripe mm. suit. You've taken off the blazer, mm. revealing Incredible. a nice vest underneath. Looking mm. sensational. Thank yeah. you. I mean, he, you know, my head office is saying, you know, you've got to dress a bit more smartly. So <laughs> I'm saying, um, let's, let's do it. Let's do it for the team. Um, Cheeks, I don't think I've ever looked forward to asking the opening question more. Uh, what is your relationship to grade cricket? Oh, grade cricket. I mean, for me, grade cricket was where it all began. Yeah. I mean, I loved grade cricket. Yeah. I mean, my, my memories of grade cricket, oh, I was 14 when I went down to have my first uh, session because my brother, Michael, he was a couple of years older and he mm. said, like, you're getting too big for the backyard. It's time to come down and meet some some of the bigger guys and... My first memory was everybody's just so old. <laughs> <laughs> and the first training session, you know, I, I was looking over at Coogee Oval in the corner and we had, you know, three turf wickets and two synthetic wickets. And being 14, no helmet. Mm. You didn't need a helmet in the mm. under 12s, the right. under 14s. Uh, and I looked over at the synthetic nets and saw the fifth and sixth grade bowlers bowling. I thought, that's not too bad. I'll go in there <laughs> yeah. and that'll be my first session. But... Uh, they got me because they put me in the first grade net and looking up and mm. I saw Mike Whitney and, you know, uh, Trevor Jay and, no. you know, Wayne Heathcote. These were two opening right. first grade bowlers. And, and you're 14. I'm 14. I walked in there and I, I was petrified, yeah. you know, looking yeah. up and seeing Mike running in. I've only seen him on the TV, yeah. you know, and um, as he got to... On Who Dares Wins. On Who Dares Wins. <laughs> 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 so I said, I mean, this was a dare in itself. Yeah. And uh, he ran into bowl, and I, and I just wasn't concentrating, so I, I walked away. Mm. And he came running down the wicket and said, "What's wrong with you?" And I said, "I'm sorry, Mr. Whitney, but I'm, I just wasn't ready." <laughs> and normally the next bowler runs in to bowl the ball, but he said, "No, I want first crack at this boy." <laughs> and he, oh did you just announce that to the he entire announced training, that. <laughs> training <laughs> stopped. Training stopped. Yeah. <laughs> training stopped, and and I faced that first ball, and I thought. I'm 14, I've got no helmet, I've got a very thin thigh pad, mm-hmm. he's not going to bounce me. So he's he's let this thing go and it's gone past my nose and for the first time in my life I thought, thank God I'm Asian, it just missed. You 
um, that's great. Well, uh, you're, you're the seventh highest ever run scorer in first grade cricket uh, in Sydney. Eleven thousand runs, twenty one hundreds. Can you just sort of take us into the bowels of, uh, like, like literally, like uh, of Sydney and New South Wales cricket? in the 90s like it's it's the grade cricket comp that's world famous the state team was dominant sydney was thriving pre-olympics uh peak aggressive cricket and you were right there in the center of it like when you close your eyes and think about it what do you see wow uh i see new south wales just dominating oh (laughs) my god the uh, the team that we had you know they always talk about when australian cricket strong new south wales cricket Mm. is you know stronger uh, who are they? Look, yeah. look, was, <laughs> exactly who are they? Look, yeah. I was lucky to play in an era where we had such, you know, great players. Mm. We were, we were all battling for the number six spot. Mm. Let's be fair. I mean, they had Taylor Slater, War, War, Bevan. That mm. was the mm. top five in New South Wales cricket, yeah. let alone Australia. So the rest of us were, you know, we were all battling for that number six spot and. And if you're a good selector, you'd pick an all-rounder. You'd think, yeah. well, we've got enough batters, so yeah. we normally picked an all-rounder. I can only remember two times that uh, I actually got picked to play for New South Wales when they were at full strength, and that was a pretty proud moment for mm-hmm. me to, to, to be picked. And it was, I'd walk up to um, you know uh, the captain, and at sometimes it was Mark Taylor, and sometimes it was Steve War, and and I didn't. I just said no price of a guessing six. And they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> You talking about your first net there grade training, fourteen. You're thinking, oh, I'm just going to the third, fourth net. I'll go into the shit net. Yeah. And you get put in the first grade net. So you're obviously tapped up, like tapped on the shoulder, basically. Like you have serious potential to be playing here, and also get bumped as well. First ball, just like not only are you a decent talent here, but we're going to treat you like an adult hmm. at fourteen. It, it had to grow up real quick. Yeah. Um, and I and I'll never forget the you know when the ball cannon off the back of the net sort of landed about you know a quarter of the way back down the wicket <laughs> so i had to go and pick it up and as i picked it up you know that was the first time wit just eyeballed me and i thought oh, you know Trimble, i said there you go mr whitney and he said welcome to ramwick <laughs> oh my God. and i was just like that's yeah. but that was that's where it was at yeah you know i mean grade cricket was tough it was uncompromising mm. Uh, it was, you know, in, in the late 80s and early 90s, you would see a lot of draws. Yeah. You just don't see them today. Because mm. people would just get about four or five down, six down, and shut up shop and say, we're not going to give you guys an inch. Mm. Right. And it was tough. It was mm. tough cricket. Your, mm. You mentioned your brother earlier. Did he stick around in the grade cricket ecosystem for a while with you? Did you play alongside him? We started in the backyard like everybody else. Mm. You know, I, and I'm a big believer that's where test cricketers are born. They're born mm. in the backyard. It's difficult yeah. these days, you know, with um, high-density apartments and <laughs> the <laughs> decline of the quarter-acre dream. Very true, very true. Um, but that. Michael, mm. yeah, my brother, he paved the way for me. Yeah. Mm. You know, I wouldn't have had anywhere near the career without my brother. Mm. Um, you know, without him really realising, I was always aspiring to be as good as him. And because um, he was a couple of years older than me, he was always in the higher team, so I was always watching better cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when he was in third grade and I was in fifth grade, I wanted to get the third grade. Then I got mm-hmm. the third grade, he wanted to be in second grade and, 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 and it sort of snowballed after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And when we got to first grade together, it was awesome. Then I had to score more runs than him. And yep. So it was, it, was, it was always, you know, having him there and, you know, just and also my best mate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when Michael uh, retired from grade cricket because of his work commitments, he went and played Shires. Mm. Uh, for a couple of years and that turned into a, 
I think over 10 years in Shire. So when I finished grade cricket in 2005-06, I, w- I decided I'm going to have one more year with him so we can finish together. We started in the backyard. Beautiful. We wanted to finish. We ended up having four years together. And I can't tell you, it was just awesome. You're probably very well equipped then to kind of describe the differences in culture and, and standard mm. between grade cricket and shires. I mean, can you set the record straight on grade versus shires? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was uh, one of those, uh, I guess, ignorant sceptics that thought, you know, this shires be... was just grade, you know, yep. just park cricket. Yeah. Yep. Look, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, <laughs> pleasantly to be honest surprised. with you, pleasantly surprised. I mean, it was, it's, you know, it's tough. Yep. You know, the, the, they had a lot of, uh, they had a few, I guess, you know, uh, senior players that have played grade cricket and for whatever reasons gone and played shires because of work commitments or whatever, because mm. you start later and finish earlier. Um, but they still cram 85 overs mm. yeah. in, in, at the back end of the day. So you're only playing two sessions, but it's long sessions. Mm. So it's, um, but, you know, you play on turf and you, you always get this young bloke trying to, you know, tear your head off because mm. you, you're a former player. Um, grade player and first class player so you have to have your wits about you no, no doubt about it it's you're talking about sorry Pez, you're talking about your, your brother earlier just i was just reading some of the comments um you, you know uh celebrating or announcing your your appearance on the podcast david hancock wrote his brother michael was better not not even a question just 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 a comment <laughs> just like yeah, richard was pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah he's pretty good. good i want to know um have you seen uh, the Robolinda 2 clip of your 100 in the Mercantile Mutual Cup at the SCG against Western Australia? Uh, only about 20. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, uh, look, Robolinda, I mean, he's the people's champ. <laughs> I mean, listening to his uh, podcast last week, I mean, that's fantastic. Um, he's also the uploader of the Six and Out film clip I noticed on YouTube. It's, it's the great, only version he? available. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's uploaded by Robolinda 2. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's followed your career closely. <laughs> Frighteningly so. It's, it's, it's it's very humbling, you know. I mentioned, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mentioned, you know, you know, I think Brian Lara's stats, and you know, unfortunately, there were too many hundreds when it came to myself. But to put that package together and just to be able to relive it, look, I showed my daughter; she just turned five, <laughs> and she just looked at it and was just like, "No, that's not you." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's really to have that sort of footage and to be mm. able to show them. You know, when they get a bit older, and so you know, guess what? Dad played a bit of cricket yeah. back in the time. That's pretty cool. Just on that, like, on that knock, I've just, just was writing it down earlier. Like when people say Richard Cheekley scored 131 off 146 in the Mercantile Mutual Cup final at the SCG in 93-94 for New South Wales versus Western Western Australia, in a partnership of 191 with a lid and hat free Michael Bevan. Are you aware of how almost sexual all of those words are <laughs> for cricket fans of a certain age? <laughs> Everyone in this room? Absolute yeah. peak. Yeah. Yeah. That's very we hard. are your target market. That's very hard to answer. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I can tell you that um, I didn't feel very sexual at the end of that match because um, Michael Bevan you know, made me run most of those. You yeah. know, he, was, he was big on the quick singles and... You know, and I mean, if there's ever a guy you want to bat in a one-day game to, to, to give you the strike, it's mm. Michael Bevan. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. That I remember I saw him so. swimming down at Manly in the, the saltwater pool, the outdoor pool there. Just terrific, terrific upper body. <laughs> mm. I mean, just on the Mercantile Mutual Cup, though, itself, I mean, everyone, as Pez just said, who grew up in the 90s was a cricket fan, remembers this competition. It was kind of glitzy and glamorous. I think the theme song was The Feelings Mutual. Mercantile oh, yeah. Mutual Cup, which I, I still don't fucking know what that means, but it was mm. catchy. <laughs> well, what are your memories of that competition, peak mid-90s domestic cricket in Australia? Yeah, look, it was awesome. 
you know, and we, we got an opportunity to play at, you know, the smaller grounds as well, which, you know, North Sydney Oval with, you know, 5,000 people, mm. you know, 10,000 people at North Sydney Oval, it, it just meant that people wanted to come and watch. Mm. It's hard at the SCG because it's, you know, it's, you're not as close to the action and, mm. you know, I think that final we had about, um, it was the first time ever they actually opened up a different section of the ground apart mm. from the members because there was people coming to watch yeah. the final. Mm. Um, but to be fair, we only got an opportunity. I mean, I was part of the Young Blues squad um, that only got an opportunity when the, the senior players mm. weren't available, which back in those days was quite a bit. Mm. So, yeah, we, we, we got a few opportunities. I mean, you just had to try and make the most of them. Mm. You're saying uh, you didn't score many hundreds in your career, but uh, Ian Glue on one of the social medias commented, scored 100 against the West Indies in Newcastle, New South Wales versus the West Indies. Walsh and Ambrose mm. opened the attack. Mm. It was another f- only first class century, but against Walsh and Ambrose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty cool one, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's really I never cool. did that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I remember it fondly. Um, you know, I, I didn't actually sleep a wink the night before because I was right. next in the bat. Yeah. That's what Steve Smith does. I, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, I remember just, um, you know, annoying uh, the concierge at the hotel because yeah. they had a piano in the foyer and I was actually rooming. I think with Mark Taylor and I just I, I couldn't sleep so I just went down in the four and just played the same four tunes over and over about three hours. <laughs> what tunes? The, uh, yeah, <laughs> pro- just some show tunes. Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but and then I sat next to Courtney, uh, sorry, Curtly Ambrose at lunch, hmm. and I sort of tried to strike up a conversation with him. Yeah. And you know, as you know, there's only two types of West Indians, and ones you can't that you can't shut up. And yeah. then the other was just a cool button. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got nothing out of him. And yeah, um, yeah it was a pretty cool day. But um, yeah, no, once again, I think Bevo got 80 odd. We put mm. on a big partnership. Um, and um, I remember, you know, David Friedman got 10 for mm. or 11 for the match. Um, and we beat the West Indies. And I remember <laughs> the, the, the headlines the next day were two Chinamen. Mm. Smash the West Indies. Yeah. Oh, it was a different time, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. You can't time. say that today, No, right? I couldn't. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, I was, I was going to ask you, I, I'm just reading more questions on here from through social media, but uh, on that sort of theme, Dan Kwan wrote in, he says, Dear TGC, as an East Asian cricketer, is it weird that I get wigged out when I face opposition of the same ethnicity as me, purely given the unpopular nature of the sport in that part of the world? I've obviously never watched myself play, so it's very rare for me to come up against an Asian player despite my very oriental surname being on the team sheet every week. Also, am I inadvertently racist? Kind regards, Dan. P.S. Send Richard Cheek in my regards. Mm. <laughs> Could be my cousin, really, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's... I mean, we... You know, I grew up uh, at school being the only Asian kid in my class, let alone my school. Right. Um, Where did you grow up? Uh, in, in the eastern suburbs, yep. in Kensington and yep. Kingsford. Mm. I went to uh, Marston College at Randwick and, mm-hmm. um, you know... It wasn't until the back end of school days that we had a lot more multicultural kids coming through. Um, and, you know, when I was uh, playing for New South Wales, one of the things that New South Wales uh, used me for was to try and promote uh, cricket at the more, mm. you know, uh, ethnicity schools, I suppose, mm. so to speak. So that was that was really a lot of fun for me um, to see the, the look on the kids' faces and and, and, and to see now how multicultural we are in Australia, particularly in cricket, uh, mm. it, it makes me feel really good mm. um, because, you know, I've had a, a, a very small part to play in that. Mm. Um, but to see how how far it's come, you know, going to, 
you know, my old club at, at Ramwick Petership, seeing the you know the launch of the the new season and seeing that you know, you know, it's it's spot the Aussie, mm. you know, almost. Mm. So that gives me a lot of pride. Mm. Towards the end of your career, Usman Khawaja would have been coming through as well, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mm. First mm. Well, you know, Aussie, Aussie and I have a, a, a pretty cool relationship. I. Mm. You know, I call him Daniel Sonny, calls me Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> um, and um, look, seeing him come through, uh, you know, there was a special knock. I mean, we knew, we knew he was a special talent when he was 14 and, and yeah. coming through the grades. But he got to, you know, he, he played in the first grade final at Coogee mm-hmm. Oval against East and he was 16. And he was not out at tea. Uh, unfortunately, copped a pretty ordinary decision that, yep. um, I won't say cost us the match, but... Mm. Um, uh, I can't mention any names, Mr. Rodney Tucker. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Destroyed but, a lot of dreams that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew he was pretty special <laughs> back then. And, um, you know, to see where he's where he's come, I'm a bit disappointed that um, he's not playing with with the main team at the moment. Mm-hmm. I would like to have seen him um, give, give him more of a chance as an opener because we see him as an opener. He was an opener coming through great cricket at Ramwick Petition the yeah. whole time. Look, he's always been an opener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, his numbers don't lie. Mm. He's got the best average... In world cricket, as an opener, mm-hmm. yep. Like and and the, and the, all the selectors have done it. Just cry out to look for an alternative mm. when he's just sitting there, perfectly mm. waiting to open the batting. So I just mm. don't understand it. But I mean, has the ship sailed now? Mm. Um, obviously, the guys are doing extremely well now, albeit Pakistan. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd love to see him opening the batting for Australia because that's that's his best suit. Yeah. I'd like to just shift gears here and move to your other career, not mm. the career that you've just come from <laughs> with, your, with your lovely suit, but your musical career. Pez mm. mentioned, you know, number 100, I think, in the ARIA charts for that year, mm. six and outs, can't bowl, can't throw. I think this was the first recognised band made up solely of professional cricketers. Could be wrong, mm. not sure, but, I mean, um, this is obviously a time when cricketers had hobbies, I guess, you know. These days, they're just automatons that mm. hit balls, um, and that's literally all they do. <laughs> but how did the concept of... Six and Out come together. All New South Wales cricketers, uh, you know, the Lee brothers, Gav Robinson drums, Brad McNamara. Who was the first person to say, look, let's get this up? And, and how did you get in that? <laughs> That's a good question. How do I get in it? How did you get in it? Look, we... Gavin Robinson is a, a true musician. In fact, he's that good of a drummer that I would put him in the category of being a musician first and a cricketer second. Nice. He's that good. Mm. Um, you know, he... What is and it about his drumming that separates mm. him from others? Oh, the fact that he's, he's just old, tied on the he's beat. He's just tied on the beat. Yeah. He's just, mm. But he's been Loves in bands all his life. Yeah. Um, so, and he's even even today, he's he's looking to, to drum more. Yep. He's going through a bit tough trot at the mm. moment. Um, and, you know, I'm sure everyone's heart goes out to him at the moment, but he's fighting. Mm. Um, and only recently I've caught up with him and he's put on a couple of kilos and he's looking good and he's, he's in a good place. So... Mm. Um, Robbo, you know, we wish him all the well, mm. all, all the best. But going back to your question, we all love music, okay? And when you have the same schedules, uh, some of us like to play golf, we decided that, you know, you know what, let's just get in the studio and have a jam and see what happens. Mm. Uh, Shane Lee and Brad McNamara went over to England one year and were playing a bit of guitar and I was over there at the same time and all of a sudden we came back and just, we had to do uh, Greg Matthews' Testimonial. Mm. And we did the national anthem to the version of uh, "I Will Walk 500 Miles." Yep, <laughs> and uh, it went down like a hit, and then all of a sudden it just sort of s- something snowballed from there. So uh, we all had the same schedule back then, so it was easy to actually do some gigs. 
Mm. Um, we met a really cool guy called Garth Porter from Sherbet, and oh, he yeah. became our producer. He was a big sports fan, and you know we're music tragic, so all of a sudden we got together, and next thing you know, we had this album. Ninety nine, it was too, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, change you there. No, always round up though. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And and just tell us about can't bowl, can't throw. I mean, like if you delve into the lyrics of it, people think, oh, well, it's a reference to, um, you know, what yeah, and it was Shane Warne said about Scott Muller. But um, <laughs> when you go into it, actually, it's like three separate stories of someone uh, just being rejected uh, from yes. first from a cricket team, then from being uh, for, for auditioning for Richie Benno's job, and then just from a woman. Uh, at a bar, which is, uh, all people just say you can't bowl and can't throw. Which that is was strange. me, yeah, rejected. That was me. Yeah. Uh, do you think it succeeded so much because it just dealt with, you know, what all great cricketers um, are aware of, which is just failure uh, of men? Yeah, well, I mean, isn't cricket, I mean, cricket's all about having, you know, learning to fail, isn't it? Mm. Um, but look, can't bowl, can't throw was, was really, I mean, it was cool. It was, you know, the words can't bowl, can't bowl, can't bowl, can't throw is public domain. And, you know, if you look into the lyrics, it's got absolutely nothing to do with Scott Muller. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he didn't see it that way. So, you know, we got some advice about whether we should do it or not. And um, at the time, the Australian mm. captain said, mate, go for it. And we got his <laughs> blessing, so we did it. Um, Steve Waugh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it might have been Steve Waugh. Um, <laughs> I just other, love uh, Steve Waugh stories. Yeah, there's, there's a couple <laughs> of sledges there too. Yeah. 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 Oh, shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun, you know, and, and that's something that mm. I don't think we see enough today is that we don't have enough fun. We don't laugh at ourselves enough. Yeah. We're, yep. I think we're a bit scared to laugh at somebody or yeah. laugh at ourselves. Because well, you get, get cancelled if you laugh at somebody. Well, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Cancel yeah. culture is alive yeah. and well. And, and, you know, I mean, that's what 2020 cricket's about, isn't it? It's about laughing, having a bit of fun and and seeing some balls fly over the fence, you know, it's, it's great. How so do you reckon you would have gone in T20? Because your game's almost cut out for that. Mm. I mean, you were an aggressive kind of batsman at a time when, you know, 50 over cricket wasn't so aggressive, I guess, and you were kind of an outlier in that respect. You know, would you have fancied T20? And, and also, like, I mean, we've interviewed people in the past who are from, like, previous generations, one of whom mentioned cash uh, about four times. Uh, <laughs> I think, I, I do, like, do I get the sense that people from, you know, previous generations would have loved a crack at T20? Absolutely. Oh, look, I would love to have played two twenty. Yeah. Um, probably still ten overs too long for my liking. But, <laughs> um, look, there were guys. Bef- you know, we had to we had to work while we were playing. Mm. You know, I played in an era at the back end of the era, just before the the contracts came out. Um, you still had to work for a living while you were playing cricket because if you didn't play, you didn't get paid. Mm. Um, and it actually cost some players um, money to be in the squad because they were travelling either from Penrith and they weren't getting their game, so it was actually costing them money to be in the squad, which was wrong. But the players before us got less, so it's hard to compare. Mm. So, you know, we respect those players and obviously the players that get paid a lot of money now, we, we don't begrudge them because the players before us actually had a bit of a role to play in what they're getting today. Mm. So. Um. Just, uh, just Nolan here. Darren Murphy says, please spend some time going over Cheeks' trademark celebration. It was an extended bat and 360-degree swivel. Mm. <laughs> Discuss. Uh, I didn't really get to swivel that much. Um, <laughs> it was, I don't know, I just... Um, it was like Jadeja, kind of like with the sword, yeah. like the... No, no, yeah. it wasn't like Jadeja. He was more like Zorro, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was more so that, yeah, I remember, you know, there was always somebody I wanted to point at the crowd if I knew they were there whether it was um, someone from my family um, uh, or my partner or somebody or, my, you know, obviously my teammates. But I didn't want just to point it. I wanted to get 
the whole team. So I'd start mm. at one end and just get to the rest. <laughs> and normally it was just a little flick because there was, yeah. wasn't that many people yeah. at the ground. So I'd start with just, just a little flick. You're just economising the action rather yeah. than doing individually with each yeah. person at the ground. Just yeah. a little swoop across. Just a little swoop across. So if there was only people, say, you know, from 90 degrees, I'd yep. only do a 90 degrees little swivel. But that day at the, at the SCG or if it was at North Sydney mm. Oval and I got to 50, it just something happened and just I just kept going because there was more people. I wanted to do everybody. So I, I don't know. That's how that's how it happened. There was no preconceived uh, thing, but it's nice that you know that some people remember. So yeah. thank you. Um, anything from anyone else? Yeah, I've got just one question. Another yeah. one that's come in, uh, and you might be able to shed some light on this, Richard. It refers to what I presume to be Shire's cricket in 2010. Mm-hmm. It was a 2010 quarter final. Um, I've got a question in from Julian McMillan. I don't know if I don't know who he was playing for. Presumably, you were playing for South, but it was a quarter final. And the question is, can you ask him? In the Shires quarterfinal of 2010, if he hit it. It's <laughs> 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 uh, like the Statue of Limitations might have passed. Yeah, on this one. nine years. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. firstly, do you remember what he's referring to there? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> nice. And the answer yeah. is absolutely not because I actually <laughs> retired in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that, that, that's it from me from a formal questions perspective, but I see Dave uh, reaching for a yeah. prop. Well, I think a couple of people have asked about six now. They've been texting us throughout the week and on Twitter and so forth, and we've got him in the studio. We don't get too many guests in the studio, and it might be remiss of us if we don't take the opportunity to try and perform an acoustic version oh of um, the famous Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. Would you be up for this? If you can play it. Not very well. Not very well. What kind of version do you want? Do you want like a kind of stripped back John Mayer style or just more traditional to the... <laughs> I, I can do a few things. I don't even know if I can remember the lyrics. But yeah, the let's lyrics go for it. <laughs> that's one thing, uh, I guess, that's one thing that we uh, are unique as we actually had to learn our own songs. That was yep. pretty cool. Yeah. And, and now are we doing the whole song? Oh, or, why, or why, don't the, do, the why don't we do the, the famous third <coughs> verse, which is about... Uh, the lady in the bar, and I think you—that was that was your that was your verse, wasn't it? It was. Shane Lee sang that one, but I'll I'll, I'll have a crack at it. Mm. This is a real TJC memory happening right mm. here. Right this now. is the thing that's happening. Mm. And you want some lyrics? I've just gone on to um, guitartabs.com, <laughs> and I'm going to learn this in real time. <laughs> didn't you brought your, your guitar and didn't I look br- at the I, song? He brought it with me. This is he real. What's the first? Real Brent. He went home to get it. Well, I met this good looker down oh, at the yeah. bar. Get the guitar. Good. Sounds good. <laughs> well, I met this good looker down at the local bar. And I told her she was talking to this big time cricket star. I told her my stats and I dropped my name. She said, Never heard of you. And I hate that game. Well, you can't bowl and you can't throw I'm just telling you what everybody knows Absolute sitters You put down All the tail enders hit you out of the ground Don't ask warning It was Caraman Joe He'll say you can't bowl and you can't throw (laughs) (laughs) Wow Uh, Thank you 
Yeah, thank you. How'd that feel? When was the last time you banged that out? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't remember the last time. But we're, we're actually talking about doing, you know, some more gigs. So watch yeah. the space. Oh, really, really. That, those pipes sound good though, as yeah, well. Pipes sound good. Real good. Yeah, different kind of pipes. Mm. Um, all right, well, Cheeks, if you wouldn't, uh, if you do us a pleasure of staying for our final segment of the show, hashtag STDC, where the people, the people listening out there, write in um, with uh, some psychiatric problems mostly. But um, um, if you do us the honour of Staying with Sam, Dave and I to answer these questions. So Ed writes in, he says, G'day, choppers. I'm an estate agent in a pretty posh part of London, and yesterday I was showing flats to the most glamorous woman I have ever met. She was a rainy in French, wearing sunglasses in the rain, had incredibly expensive hair, littling French accent, opera tickets that night, and used to be the ambassador's wife. She had so much presence that I found myself nodding to everything she said, and when I turned back, uh, when I turned back in, realised she was saying, the mentality of working class disgusts me. They're so obstructive, and on and on. Here I was nodding, saying, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Bear in mind, I voted for Corbyn twice and will do again. What was happening? She had so much presence that I had just had, uh, that, that I just had to follow her around. Thank God I had the lexical range to realise what this feeling was, being Alfred, pure alpha. But can someone be too glamorous to alpha? In any case, thanks for spreading the term. It helped me deal with my discomfort a whole lot better best ed can you be too glamorous i'm just surprised that a real estate agent's coming to us with issues of confidence i've just never, <laughs> <laughs> never experienced that in sydney maybe london-based yeah. real estate agents are a, a little bit more, less secure yeah. yeah i mean just in your era cheeks like who would have been at the hierarchy of the alphas in, in new south wales cricket terms you know when Ooh. you turned up the training who was mm. kind of you know having the last word on things who was kind of who had the best stories mm. Who, who ran the show there? Oh, just all the senior guys. I mean, you don't want to name one? Greg Matthews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was sort of the alpha of the alpha. Yeah. 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 The alpha of alphas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Matthew Cockrell writes in Hi, TJC. This winter I've been brought into the indoor cricket squad at my village club. I was coming into this particular game having been run out, one run away from retirement. 24 runs doesn't sound as good by the captain in the previous fixture. Anyway, having been set a target of 160 in 12 overs, I was asked to open the batting. Still living off my quick fire 40 in the last proper game of the year, 33 off nine balls in a dead game, everyone on the boundary in a second 11 team, already confirmed as being relegated, <laughs> I eagerly padded up. With my dad in attendance and in fine form myself, I strolled out to the crease, carpet rolled out onto basketball court, <laughs> wearing my newly acquired black gloves from an indie supplier in Sussex, whilst wearing whites. Being the beater I am, I took up the non-striker's end. Three balls in, the captain nailed a straight drive to cover, who just happened to be a mate from school who I was desperate to show that I was better than the shitty village cricketer I was in the school team. I was called through for a single, I put in a full-length dive, the throw was not a direct hit, and I was still out by a few feet. I have now been run out by the same person twice since I last faced a delivery. I have subsequently been dropped this week. Have I been hard done by? Is the dropping justified by my use of black gloves? Was it my spell of three overs, one for 58, including a drop in the same game, which I've tactically omitted to this point that ultimately led to my dismissal? Thoughts? Can't wear black gloves, mate. That mm. looks outrageous. I even noticed yesterday Stark was bowling with... He had black socks underneath the whites. Yeah. And it just looks terrible. Oh, you play village cricket and you're wearing black gloves. You're going to have to be the fucking best player in that park to pull uh, that off. But the key word that you've used there is park because I think whites are applicable, you know, when they look good when set against a pristine green outfield. But I think mm -hmm. indoor, it's a completely different sport. Indoor cricket isn't real cricket. You yeah. can wear black gloves. That's a good point. You know, it's there's fucking room for experimentation, I think, in terms of kit. Mm. That's just my thoughts. Mm. And let's not forget, indoor cricket, when you hit a six, you have to run. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? Surely you should be able to stand back and admire it. Is anyone trying to rope you into any indoor cricket or any kind of cricket cameos these days? Uh, the odd cricket cameo, yeah. not indoor, yeah. but the odd yeah. 2020. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. through the ACA, we do. A, there is a little bit of uh, 2020 cricket going back to the people. Yep. Um, and to the places that they get an opportunity to see um, some of the players play. So that, that's pretty cool. So there's there's always opportunities for mm. that. And, you know, kudos to the ACA for doing that. Not too late to get that IPL contract after all. Mm. <laughs> Actually, right. someone, someone wrote in a question asking, is it true that you hit Gavin Robinson for a six at Kujiova, which hit the McDonald's sign, which is approximately a 200-metre six, mm. if true? No, it wasn't Gavin Robinson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that to my drummer. Yeah. Um, it was true. Um, you hit the, you was, hit the Macca sign at, well, from Kuchiyabu. There was a bit of story that look, he, he was giving me plenty of lip, yeah, and uh, telling me that you know I was a bit of a, a fat C, right, and mm. um, and all I you know didn't want to run and yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. and so didn't want to run. And it was a cow corner, so and the wind was with me, so right. I hit it, and it and it did hit, hit. Uh, McDonald's. Mm. And hit the sign, and mm. I said, "While you're there, just get me a quarter pound of meal and bring it back to me. I'm a bit, I'm a bit hungry." <laughs> uh, just for context for people who haven't been to Kujiova, which is you know 99 of the people listening to this podcast, that that is massive. That is yeah. that's boy, it's plus hundred. That's a plus yeah. hundred. That's what 130. People just loved hitting the signs back then. Did, yeah, did you ever get close to the Mercantile Mutual sign back in the day. Yeah. Yes, I think I hit it on the bounce. Right. Um, so it was close. That is close. Um, and yeah, so I, I actually asked for half the check and they laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I think it's the last one. Yeah, last Got one. Yeah. For the day. Um, Mitch Connolly asks, Dear Ask TJC, I'm curious to find out your opinions on something that's been getting on my nerves in the media in Australia. When did it become cool or funny to be a rare unit? I feel the media has seen an opportunity and really leaned into making them seem cool or funny when indeed they are just fucking weird. Is this a part of the beta era, hence the rare unit is becoming the new alpha? Is this me having withdrawal issues from the alpha era of Punter, Warren, Gilchrist, etc.? Or is this just a sign of change in that in 2029, our 11 will consist of six rare units and attack of Sayers, Gannon, Tremaine and Lloyd Pope? I hate change. Thoughts? <laughs> Mitch does hate change. Rare units are more interesting. Like, we're endlessly mm. interested by Bearstow, for mm. instance, the rarest of units, the king of the rare units, mm. king of the jungle in that respect. We're that finally his... living in an era where self-expression is encouraged, yeah. and I guess rightly so. Mm. I mean, my only fear is that becoming rare will become mainstream, much like the hipster movement, where yeah. there's an aesthetic there that is identifiable with hipsters, and that's, that's not point. cool either. Yeah. It's, all, it's all fashion, though, isn't it? You know, the rare units in at the moment, but then mm. once we start struggling as rare units, you know, the, the mm. desire for the alpha will be calling from deep within us. Mm -hmm. You know, just wait a little bit, Mitch. The alpha will be back i'm sure so, so, as soon as something goes wrong we'll be uh we'll be alpha boorish guys mm. all over again mm. you don't have to wait long can you relate to these new breed of cricketers mm. cheeks spaghetti <sighs> spaghetti arms yeah. sort of vegan animal <laughs> activists look uh, it's, it's <laughs> no uh, <laughs> look uh, i mean i went to the first uh grade game this season they asked mm. me to you know hand out a couple of caps to some debutantes down at ramwick petersham down at Oval first grade and I just want to give a bit of a shout out to um, David Warner. Look, you know, this, he's, he's had a, a lot of time away. Uh, he, had a, he had the toughest time over in in England, as we all know. And uh, he came back and he was having the first few games off, instructed to, which I'm still trying to get over. Mm. Um, and he was going to be available for the first Shield game of the season. He didn't have to be there, but he was there at the warm-up. Mm. Um, he was there at the warm-up, helping the guys warm up, and I just thought, wow. I had a little bit of a chat to him, and 
you know, to see that, and, and, and I hope the listeners understand that there are two sides to what you see and what you don't see. Look, I've, I've seen grade cricket change and I couldn't believe that Western Suburbs won the toss and sent Ramick Petersham in on a belter. That was their first mistake. <laughs> but then they opened the bowling with a left arm orthodox <laughs> and put a deep long on for the first ball. Uh, yep. Now, I thought, the game has changed. <laughs> Great cricket has changed. <laughs> Since when do you say to the opposition that we can't, we, we, we can't get you out, we're going to try and restrict you? <laughs> like, that's how much grade cricket has changed <laughs> for me. And it's hard to comprehend that because you just want to win it all at, you know, at all costs. But I think that... Players, uh, teams now just want to chase mm. because mm. well the know, data suggests you know mm. that that's what they're meant to do and mm. these days data-driven insights are everything about cricket and that's probably to the detriment and of the sport if mm. i could change one thing in grade cricket i would say at the beginning of every match you go out there and put the team under pressure and make them earn their first run nice. just go out there and try and mm. beat the opposition mm. and you know and do it that way mm. yeah it was hard to watch yeah that's fucking alpha. Yeah. Um, Richard Cheekway, it's an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. We thank you so much. You're an absolute gentleman. This has been a hugely anticipated podcast for not only for the three of us, but for tens of thousands of people out there across the world. So thank you very much for coming in. Um, Pez, um, same for you as well, actually. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for um, having Dave, me. Dave, absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, you guys are thinking the same thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, so. Thanks as ever to you guys listening out there in the Great Cricket Podcast. 100th episode next week. Yeah. Who are we going to get? Don't know. Don't know. Cheeks, <laughs> <laughs> want to come back? Yeah. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week.